Welcome back to The Trust Show. Today we're going to have a pretty unique episode. My wife heads a Dallas community organization and recently she brought Erez Hasson. He's a speaker from Israel and Erez for 26 years was an operator in the Israel Security Agency or ISA, which is parallel to the US NSA, National Security Agency. That organization focuses on counter-terrorism activities in Israel, the West Bank, and the Gaza Strip. If you watch the Netflix show Fauda, his role is just like that of Captain Ayob. He recruited spies within the Palestinian territories and then handled them to collect what's called human or human intelligence. Erez retired in 2018. And I sat down with him and interviewed him for this episode. My main question was, how can you turn someone who hates you and all Israelis into a spy who works for you? And how can you trust him or her? I used my eight laws of trust and my six component trustworthiness model. And here is what I learned. Welcome to The Trust Show. I'm Yoram Solomon, your host, the author of The Book of Trust and facilitator of The Trust Habits Workshop. My mission is simple. I want to help you form habits that build your trustworthiness because the answer to this question will have the biggest impact on your personal and professional success or failure. Can I trust you? First, I want to start with the story that he told me. He told me about a night raid where he was accompanying a group of special operators uh, that were looking for a terrorism suspect uh, inside the Palestinian territory. They were looking all over the house where his informant, his spy, told him that, told him that uh, the uh, suspect, that uh, the terrorism suspect that they were looking for, uh, was last seen and the commander they couldn't find him they couldn't find that suspect and the commander the uh, commander of the special operators uh, team was ready to quit was ready to leave and uh, just call it you know we can't find him and is the um the isa operator the operator of the spy that provided that intelligence he said, no, he is here. He is here. I know that he is here. Well, the, the commander is actually in charge of the operation. If he says we leave, then there we're going to leave. But Erez was very certain that if his spy told him that the operator is there, he trusted his spy. And the commander, the force commander, looked at Erez and, and decided that he trusted Erez. And so they stayed and they continued to look. This is, this is the fifth law of trust. Trust is transferable. See, the uh, force commander did not know the spy, and, and the spy's identity is always kept very, very confidential and very, very compartmentalized from, from anybody else. But he trusted Erez, and Erez trusted that spy. 
And because of that, the commander of the Special Operating Force decided to stay and continue to look. Let's look at the six components of trustworthiness, the, the model. One is, the first element is, is competence. How do you measure the competence of a spy? Well, I asked Erisdet, and uh, what he told me was that on a regular basis, he would kind of conduct a reality check. He would compare the track record of the information provided to him by that spy and what they found in reality. And he would actually measure this in percentages. Is the percentage high enough? Is there a high enough correlation between what the spy said and what existed in reality? Now, this is not necessarily even related to whether the spy lies or not. That, that would be a bigger part of uh, personality compatibility. But just whether the spy really knows information, whether he's competent in providing this information, whether he provides that information on a timely basis. Because, you know, talking to Erez and letting him know that uh, there is a terrorist suspect, or at least there was a terrorist suspect three days ago in a certain building, that might be stale information. That's, that's too late. That's, that's not high-value information. So Erez knew that that spy provided him good information. There was high level of correlation between the information provided and what they found in reality. There was a high level of correlation between the information and actually capturing of terrorists that, uh, that were done based on that information. So we have competence. Personality compatibility. Now, that was an interesting conversation that I had with Erez. Why would anyone who hates you and hates Israelis would be willing to turn against his own or her own people, because there were a few female spies as well, why would they be willing to turn against their own people and help Erez and help the Israelis? So when Erez gives his talk, uh, he, he asks this as an open-ended question and lets the audience answer. Is, is it for money? Is it love? Is it status? Is it hate? Is it th There are whole different things. But what was interesting was what Erez told me. But by the way, he said that sometimes the, the reasons are actually psychological and subconscious. They don't even know. I mean, they look in the mirror and they ask themselves, I'm talking about the spies. Why are we doing this? And, and they don't really know. And he gave me a very interesting perspective. He said, every person, every spy I worked with has a piece of the puzzle missing. And my job as the handler of that spy is to find that piece find that missing piece and be that missing piece to him. He gave an example of uh, one of the, the spies who considered himself as the black sheep of the family and, and another one who, who was missing a father figure. I, I don't remember what, what was the issue with his father when he was young. And 
Erez was telling me how that spy would call him to ask him, do, do you think that this combination of, you know, uh, wearing a red shirt and, and black pants, uh, would, would that work? And Erez is, is kind of, you know, I'm not really his father, but he was missing a father figure. And Erez became that father figure for him. So there had to be personality compatibility, but Erez's job was to actually find what was that thing that was missing, what was the thing that Erez could be, could be for that spy to create that personality compatibility. So he created that personality compatibility with his spy. The next component I'll talk about is positivity. So there are two components here of two positive subcomponents. One is BS, the level of BS that that spy gives Erez. Well, that, that I kind of covered with uh, when I talked about competence, because this adds up to competence. So if the information is inaccurate, if the information is lacking, if the information is not timely, that I would put as BS. But over time, I would rate this as low competence. Empathy. So there are two directions here to empathy. On one direction, Ez made sure that he knew everything there is to know about the spy. Even things that the spy did not imagine that Erez knew. And I'm not going to share some of his stories. I think they're best uh, heard from him. Unfortunately, Erez only gives his lectures in Hebrew, and this is why he's not here with me uh, when I'm recording this. But I have his full permission, uh, and censorship actually has approved what I'm telling you here today. He found for one of the spies, one of the spies had a daughter with cancer. And he knew that he had the power to connect him with the best doctors in Israel. And that's something that he did. He helped that spy. He helped uh, find the right doctor. And uh, I think it was about three years later that the spy's daughter was completely cured of her cancer. I believe it was leukemia, if I remember correctly. That creates empathy. The empathy in the other direction, empathy from the spy, to, towards Erez. Uh, remember that Erez starts playing a significant role in their lives, and, and whether it's being a father figure or, or anything else, he plays a big role in their lives. He helped with the, the daughter. And he told me the story of sitting down with one of his spies, and the spy was crying. And he said, he asked him, why are you crying? And, and the spy says, we've become such good friends. I don't know how I can kill you. And, and that's kind of a weird question to get from a friend, from a good friend. But remember that there is this friend here is very well connected within terrorist organizations, that's why this would be the person that Erez would use as a spy. And he knows that his mission would be to kill somebody like Erez, which, by the way, would be a great win for them. He just, and he tells Erez, how can I kill you when the time comes? How can I kill you? I don't know how I can kill you. That's part of empathy. <music> 
So once we have positivity, now the two things that accelerate positivity are time and intimacy. Let's start with time. Erez used to have weekly meetings with his informants, with, with the spies that, that he handled. It wasn't that he met them once every several months. Remember that when I talk about the, the seventh law of trust is the trust is dynamic. And, and I mentioned that trust declines between interactions. Now, imagine this. Imagine that the other side to this interaction is actually within a terrorist organization whose goal and mission is to kill you. How high would you let the trust stay if you haven't seen that spy of yours, if you haven't interacted with them pretty frequently? You haven't seen them for three months. What are the odds that they were turned again and the next time you're going to see them, they would want to and maybe succeed in killing you? But you had weekly meetings with them. Those meetings were held in, in secret locations so that uh, he doesn't blow the spy's cover up. The second part of uh, what accelerates uh, trust is, uh, or accelerates the positivity into trust, is intimacy. See, those interactions were not over text, they were not over email. They were always face-to-face. Ellis, in his training learned how to interpret body language. Interpreting body language is very important. You And you have to make sure, especially in those face-to-face meetings, that you don't allow your assumptions, you don't allow any biases, but you are really, really reading the, the, the other side of this interaction, the spy. You are reading them very well, and you're looking for the consistency of the words that they use their tone of voice and their body language, their nonverbal communications. That consistency, which, as you know, helps build trust. You trust people where you see that they say what they mean, they mean what they say, and the way to know that is because of that consistency of their body language and their tone of voice and, and their words. In one of his stories, Ares told me, about learning from another spy that one spy was going to kill him. He said there has been a significant change in his behavior and that he was going to kill you. And the words that he used, I'm I'm kind of translating it to, to English, was kind of to redeem himself. He realized that, and this is what the other spy tells is, he realized that he was going to go to hell. Uh, because of all of his help to Erez. He was going to go to hell, and he wants to redeem himself because he does not want to go to hell. He wants to go to heaven. And to do that, to redeem himself, he needs to kill Erez. And so there's this whole story of of the arrest and how he eventually finds him, and they find him uh, a force that that surrounded the location where he was, and they took him out of that location. They put him in a car. He has a hood over his head. Erez sits next to him. He removes the hood, and he says, Why? Why were you going to kill him, to kill me? Well, this goes back into personality compatibility. Oddly enough, 
personality compatibility, remember that we don't have to be the same. We don't have to be uh, similar. We can be opposite but compatible. Remember that Erez was turning himself into the missing piece in the puzzle. And these are the words that Erez likes to use, and, and I, I think they're brilliant. So he turned himself into that, that missing piece and, and created this personality compatibility. But there's also a personality incompatibility, and that is that they are enemies. That spy is part of an organization that has a mission to kill Erez and people like Erez. That's, I would say, that's probably one of the most extreme examples of personality incompatibility. Both of them existed at all times. It was just a matter of priority. And that's something that I talked about when I talked about personality compatibility in one of the earlier episodes, I believe, in the second season. That is not just a matter of how many compatibilities, how many incompatibilities do you have, but it's also a matter of the priority. So while there were two elements here, one of personality compatibility and one of personality incompatibility, the personality compatibility element was at a higher priority over the personality incompatibility element. Until it wasn't. The spy was brainwashed by some radical elements to believe that he was going to go to hell because of what he did and that the only way to redeem himself is going to be to actually and that's what they found in that location wear a suicide vest go and meet with Ares and explode the vest and die with him so there was a personality compatibility there was a personality incompatibility and it was just a matter of priority and the priorities have changed from when he was helping Erez, being his spy, his informant, to when he was not and intended to kill him, kill both of them. So this is the analysis of uh, an interaction between a counter-terrorism handler recruiter and handler because he is also recruiting those those uh, spies and the spy or spies multiple of them he operated many of them over 26 years and i owe you i guess at the the end of that story at the beginning when they were looking for a terrorist suspect in in a house and uh, the uh, force commander was ready to go, ready to leave and call it, you know, we didn't find them. And Erez insisted, I trust my spy. My spy said he's here. He is here, period. Force commander believed him and they continued to look. They looked all over the house. They could not find the suspect. At some point, Erez asked, uh, wait, what? what's under the sofa. Did you look under the sofa? And they said there's nothing other than a rolled up carpet under that sofa. They took out the rolled up carpet, unrolled it, and in it was hiding the suspect they were looking for. What would you like to know about trust and trustworthiness? 
Let me know and I'll answer it in a future episode. I would love to hear from you. Email me at yoram at thetrustshow.com. If you like this episode, subscribe to the show so you will automatically get notified when I release a new episode. Rate it, write a review for this podcast, because those ratings help not only you, but also others looking for podcasts just like this. If you're looking for more resources to learn about how to build trust, be trusted, or know who to trust, look up my workshops at yoramsolomon.com workshops, online courses at trustedatwork.com, find my books on Amazon, or go to my website, yoramsolomon.com. And remember one thing, the answer to these two questions will have the biggest impact on your personal and professional success or failure. Can I trust you? And can you trust me? Thank you for listening or watching The Trust Show.